Football Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass, it was tipped, it's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5, he'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hour number two of Old School on Victory Monday, 402-464-5685. Sarder Hammond Tech Line, Honda Lincoln Hotline. If you want to join the conversation, hit us with a what up. We see you guys on YouTube. We see you on Twitter. You're greatly appreciated. Facebook, Twitch, you, several ways for you to view the streaming. Jay Foreman, Husker Hall of Famer, HOV, HOV, H-O-F. Well, I was yeah. going to change that for you. I was going to change you into Jay-Z. Uh, <laughs> That'd be cool. Can I get his check? Can I get one of his checks? H-O-F Hall of Famer. The Mercado. Tell 84th him. and Havelock. Certified Piedmontese. Nate in their, in their special ingredients in Butcher Shop, which I was able to see up close and personal. Once again, they have every type of meat, every cut of meat. They have seafood options, pasta options, take-home options. Um, Nate, they have, even have like the olives and stuff in the jars. They got yeah. their own. They got their own ketchup, their own sauce. Oh wow! They got everything, and and they got a little desserts, some sorbet. I took some sorbet home, some strawberry. Destroy and the then chocolate. and then the regular menu. That's a, that's a, they get you coming or going. They get you when you come in. You're going to because mm-hmm. Nate. Here's what happens, man. And I know how you are. You little inquisitive Eric over there. I am. So you're gonna walk in there canvas the place because i saw your boy dp went see if you see people in a butcher shop <laughs> nate if you ever get to go to a butcher shop just go in there and watch people if you, a, a true person that likes meat and f- good food they put their hands behind the back because they <laughs> right so dp's up in there so you get to go in there and see what you might want and then you get to plan strategically for a week or so odd oh, you know what i'm gonna be watching the ufc fight you know what i'm gonna throw this on the grill or i'm gonna do this so you either buy it then but then when you, once you go upstairs and get their – they have a great menu upstairs for dinner, that affects how you order because you're like, you know what, I might just, you know, not splurge so much because I know I'm going to splurge down there. So you're either going to buy it before or after. So it's it's awesome. It's good. Okay, And you know what? It's it's a classy place, good vibe. It, you know, of course you want to be business casual, but it's not where it's so stuffy where you're like, oh, man, I got to, you know, put a suit on just to go eat dinner. You can kind of go in there. And, uh, you know, just like when you're on TV in the morning or something like that, you know, nice slacks and shirt. John in Cortland from the Texan. Text the name of said place. He made a rec- rec- referral. Kind of line that up. Um, Texter asked this earlier, Jay Foreman, before we get to Rutgers. Texter asked the question, you know, would it be rude, disrespectful to remove the interim tag when talking about Mickey Joseph? I mean, I just say head coach Mickey Joseph. So that whoever puts in in there, that's a personal choice, right? He's a coach, and until notified otherwise, and I ain't gonna worry about it. I mean, yeah. I think sometimes I, the thing that's is I don't want to say stupid because you don't ever want to call anybody stupid, which mm-hmm. I, I think is unproductive. Is we're five games into the season, and people are like, "Oh, well, head coaching search." I mean, a lot can change. Matt Campbell just lost to Kansas. Right. Well, that, that's next on my Kansas list. Kansas is, is ranked. Th- that, th- what's next on my list right. is Right, but, but at the end of the season and Kansas ends up like five and seven, then what are you, you going to be talking about? Yeah, then? you did what you did. I was going to ask about, look, the fifth Power Five head coach being fired. Yeah. The, that's, the, hey, the look, Paul Chris getting fired, 
Look, if we had said this three weeks ago, people would have said, "What, what, what mushrooms were you consuming?" <laughs> right, right. And now it's a thing. There had to be internal. I think a little bit of pressure of here. Here's here's just my view, right? Paul Chris has been con- extremely consistent, right? Obviously, hadn't gotten over the hump uh, to you know win a Big Ten championship X Y and Z and be like one of the teams that. You know, they're, you know, week in and week out against Ohio State. So his consistency kind of worked. They is under un, un, unappreciated right now. And then he's been nine and eight, I think, that since his last few games. But Paul Chris is, you know, he beat that really good Miami team. He's beat some really good teams, right? He's the ultimate consistent. But the the big cloud in the room is Jim Leonard possibly leaving and going somewhere else. Yeah, so what you have is, and especially you have an AD, new AD, and essentially with Barry Alvarez kind of being Kevin assistant to Kevin Warren or whatever his job is with the Big Ten, he's still involved with Wisconsin, but, you know, this guy's calling his own shots. He kind of wants to maybe have his his hire. Well, you you kind of kind of weigh the options. You know, Paul Chris, all right, you know, probably just as, you know, bland piece of, you know, chicken breast. There's Jim Leonard, younger, probably a little bit more spice. We could lose him, you know, and then eventually if he say, oh, I, I envision you only keeping Paul Chris a couple more years, now you're lo- losing a, a guy that's your head coach. But he's 40 games over 500. I have no idea. I, I, right? it, it'd be hard for me. 40. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be hard for me to pull the plug on that considering as from an at AD looking at the roster. Now I can ask the coach, why haven't we have another quarterback? Why are we so terrible at wide receiver? I'm asking the coach. I'm asking the player uh, roster guy. You know, they're kind of, you know, their GM. Those are guys I'm having. Am I firing you over? I don't know. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's you know. Nebraska has some point of reference here. Right? Let's say is, draw parallels to Pelini. Well, yeah. well, no, Pelini's not it. But Pelini was, was different than that. That This is Frank Solich. Pretty much. Okay. Ooh, okay. Okay. This is more. Pelini was a little different. We will give a shout out uh, to the Pelini family today. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Just well, they had the horrible accident here in Lincoln. Mm -hmm. You have this one, and I think there was another one. You know, then you have the horrible scene over there in the uh, uh, the soccer game where 170 some people died because of the police shooting tear gas when they rushed the field. Yeah. It wasn't, uh, you know, the best weekend as far as you know all that type of stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, Wisconsin is, you know, it'd be it'd be interesting to see where they go from here. I think also the pressure of Brett Bielema coming back and just beating the brakes off you at your at your own game. But that's impulsive, man. I mean, look, man, you, 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 this dude coached for you. You know, he knows how to coach in the Big Ten. Yeah. You know, he's a good coach. He yeah. knows he knows your scheme. I mean, if there's ever he knows essentially. How to beat you? There's certain verbiage that he's gonna he'll be able to decipher. But he knows um, how to beat you, and their Illinois roster is set up perfectly to beat Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. He's been building that offensive line for a, for a couple of years. They got a really special running back, a consistent quarterback. Are they using him? Illinois? Yeah. He's, I think he's leading the nation in, in, in rushing. I and think then, it's the and, kid and, from and, Syracuse. And then, now. well, but but no Brown. It's been there. It well, Chase like Brown's been there. He's, 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 he's been, been doing there. his thing. Yeah. But Wisconsin has a stud runner that they're not using. Yeah, but I'm saying Illinois, how they're built. Mm. Stud running back. Offensive line. 
good tight end, capable wide receivers, consistent quarterback. Flip side, that defensive line and that whole defense is they play with a chip on their shoulder, and then they got Chase Brown's brother, who is a guy that's kind of like their racer. So when you think about a team that's built to beat Wisconsin at, at Wisconsin – and when Wisconsin doesn't have a quarterback that's consistent and it ultimately was hurt Wisconsin, is Ferguson being gone? Because that was the X factor, the tight end. It's a recipe for Wisconsin to, to, you know, get embarrassed like that. So, and yeah, I don't think Wisconsin's using Allen as much, but you got to think Allen came in and was like, uh, like a, a lucky recruit where he was like third string and like, all right, man, this gives like, dang, this dude is 230 pounds and can take it to the house. It, 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 this isn't like they're a guy that they expected to start as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. So they kind of fell into him. So it's it's a little bit of different dynamics that one has to deal with, you know, what happens. And I, but I'm am I I'm surprised, but not surprised. I'm not surprised that is is Jim Leonard because, you know, they're trying to see, you know, probably see what he can do uh moving forward though too. It's weird too. I mean, several folks in the text line are talking about assistant coaches and how difficult it is for an athletic director to have a really good assistant underneath a coach that isn't sturdy. Same thing applies. Somebody said, well, you know, Mickey could get an offer and be out the door. Some AD sees what he's doing, what he what he did right. just this week, and could buy in. But Travis' presence on the sideline, on in the in the huddles, in the locker room, right. Tell a tale. What does the, what does it mean, Jay Foreman, when an athletic director puts in that sort of time and energy into being a presence during home homecoming home football games? I mean, I think. I mean, I'm sure he's been down there before, right? I mean, this isn't the first time, but I mm-hmm. think it's you know he's down there trying to support the kids and the and the coach, um, knowing that it was been a difficult time. I mean, he said it to him after the game. You know, you guys been through a lot. You know, I mean, if somebody – the one thing I can say about this, you know, everybody's – you know, if they try to say, oh, well, you know, he want, he, look, he was over in Ireland watching that game. So, he, you know, supported Scott and all them, you know, by presence. But I, I, the thing I can say about Trev is, is for – you know, when you make moves, not only – well, he made the move I, – I, let me get this right. He made the move to fire Scott Frost. I think Mickey made the move for Shenander. Correct me if I'm wrong, text line or whatever. That that, that sounds about right. Okay. Well, at the end of the day, Trev was part of a big move and probably okay. It gave Mickey the go ahead to make the second move. Well, it's one thing for him to be a part of the, the big move, which is letting Scott Frost go mm-hmm. and saying, "Hey, I'm doing it to betterment for you guys," right? But it's another thing to say it and then be present. And I'm sure he's talked to some players about whether they felt it was the right move or not or indifferent. But to be there is more important in presence because it's showing that it's genuine. You get what I'm saying? Don't yeah. tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Show me. Yeah. He's showing you. You get what I'm saying? It's like, you, you don't tell me it's good for me and then I don't ever see you. He's there. He's accessible. So he's so what he, so what so he's putting action behind his words. His old saying, you know, your actions can speak so loud, I don't need to hear what you're saying. So he's doing both. And so that's kind of replicated of what – Mickey's doing so. I think it's good that he was there. And um, how many how many player. games like that are required for for Mickey to to his status to change? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? I think if they make a bowl game, it's a lock. Signed, sealed, delivered. 
If they make a bowl, are you kidding me? After starting one and three, if he can make a bowl game, I know I'd be walking up in that office talking about, hey, <laughs> hey, what, what, yeah. hey be walking on like George yeah, Jefferson, wait. man. I'd be walking in arms after, flailing. Uh, after Iowa, chest hey, out. after Iowa game, we'd be sitting right next to each other on, on that plane back. <laughs> like, what's up, homie? And, and just staring at him the whole flight. Like, yeah, what, what are we gonna do next year? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, I, I think that's all fair. The, on the other side, Greg Schiano. I mean, look, he's trying to get to five hundred. Where do you put him amongst Big Ten coaches? I think he's a really good coach. Um, you know, they're three and two right now. Um, you know, I think when they were healthy, they went up and I think they beat, they came back and beat a, you know, pretty, pretty respectable um, Boston College team. So, I think he's a good coach. I think he's trying to get Rutgers back to what he had before. It's in a different um, conference. Obviously, the Big East at that time versus the Big Ten now is a way different but he did phenomenal things and I think he's he's doing a good job I think federal being hurt uh, you know angst that you know not really settled at quarterback um they have a kind of a do-it-all kind of tight end third third team quarterback third team quarterback and then they have a guy that's kind of like a Tim Tebow he plays tight end running back quarterback not much a receiver but one thing I I know that they're going to do is they're going to compete you better be on point in special teams you this is the huge special teams week all right, everything, fake punts, fake kick or onside kicks, returns. They're going to they're going to try to get an advantage there. Defensively, they're going to pursue the ball. They're going to be physical. Um, but, so I think he's a good I think he's a good coach. He's well respected. And I think he you know, he knows what he's doing and he's welcome to challenge at Rutgers. And the one thing about him is he's pushed them to do more to, you know, facility wise, recruiting wise, coaching staff wise, as far as the pool of money that they're able to pay assistant coaches that can you know obviously go out and recruit and develop players so it's not something that's going to be turned around overnight but they're look they're three and two right now and with with, with several quarterbacks you're right and you gotta think they took that bowl game on a whim last year and was bringing people in from all over the you know world because i think their kicker was like from australia and they went out there and represented themselves so i think that's a that's a reflection of him um, and what he's seeing and what he's trying to do with the program. So it's, it's like, this game ain't going to be easy. I mean, they just lost, you know, two in a row. So and it was a beatdown. Yeah, they yeah. Ohio State was uh, was the mother load. You know, Iowa game I think got out of hand quickly with the two defensive touchdowns. You know, for Iowa, so they never could kind of get into that ugly boxing match that they want. I think they're going to try to come out and keep it real close to Nebraska and try to, you know, win late. So. Um, you know, but I think Nebraska offensively and def- defensively matches up well. I think what we do offensively works against them. We got to try to really establish the run game because you know they're going to be good against the run, probably better against Indiana, or Indiana, better than Indiana against the run. But I think we have the advantage at the skill position. Well, they gave up five touchdowns rushing to Washington, to, to Ohio State. Right, like, that's a ton just to have a guy just pummel you. Yeah, but I mean, bad they're, tackling they're close, and, they're close proximity, but they've been they. Yeah, but, you know, Ohio State, that, that offensive line. Serious State, business. They beat the hell out of Wisconsin. Serious Ohio business. State's no joke. Serious business. They, and they, they, ain't play, they were not playing no games no, with you right now. No. But Rutgers <laughs> has a problem down the middle deep. Middle deep, they, they were not good against Ohio State. They weren't good. Nothing they did was good. The only <laughs> thing they did was the first drive was good. After that, they were done. But that, that has nothing to do with Nebraska. Nebraska needs to go. And obviously, look and see what Ohio State did, what Iowa did, it did uh, to be successful. And the biggest thing Nebraska has to do is continue to work on the things that they got better at, and the things that they did well in the game, 
and really address some of the things that they can control that they need to get better at, right? A little bit more crisp in their offensive line play mm-hmm. as far as like passing off. And this is passing off, pass protection or run. Defensive line, continue to establish the line of scrimmage and be more of a factor in your first and second units, right? So that's the starters and, and the guys that come in. Their second unit was terrible on Saturday. Well, that's what that's that's why I'm saying it, right? They're so th- so we oh need to God. play better as a unit. So these are things, all the things they they control. They can't control how tight the refs call the game. All they can do is adjust, right? Come out, let's be aggressive, and play from there. That's what you. That's the only way you can do. Don't come out saying, "Oh well, uh, DP's the ref, so you know what? I'm gonna just start playing ten yards off on third and three. No, nah, let's get up and get busy. You know what I mean? And, and compete. I, I'd give you benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, you know, <laughs> let, let's let's do what we do, but right? let's make sure that we don't get out of our lane and let's let's not focus so much on Rutgers more than we have to because we control how we how this game ends up. We play good, we win. We come down and, and lallygag and all we're out in New Jersey and maybe they got that, you know, little little wind coming off of there and you, sm- you smell a little smog. and you well, know, we're supposed to be weird. We only got 10,000 people here, all uninspired. No, 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 no. We're here, for, we're here to do work. You, you're in our way, you know, we are, and we're going to, you know, tear your head off and then we're going to get back to Lincoln and chill for a while, get a couple of days off and, and go back to work. This is just part of the deal. It's just part of what you sign up for. Nathan, I'll ask you a question. Birthplace of college football. I believe it's Rutgers. Very first game. Yeah. Intercollegiate game ever played. Rutgers. Rutgers. Uh, the place is down a parking lot, but it's in the same neighborhood. That that's a, It's just not a thing. It's just not a thing. Now remember, a stadium that holds 58,000, 58,000, you wouldn't think Rutgers had mm-hmm. that big of a house and support. Jay, did you ever play out there? Have you uh, been out to Rutgers? I play obviously played for the Giants down in New Jersey, but I ain't never played at Rutgers. Yeah, I wonder, man. That was they wouldn't. I would never. We would never grace them with us playing a Rutgers. Game. <laughs> 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 that was kind of the point. Was that this is this is a change? Look, it's a meaningful game on a Friday night in Piscataway, New Jersey. Like a game that matters could actually have impact. Right. That the the team that wins this game puts themselves in a pretty good position uh, going forward. I'll ask you this because a lot of the media conversation was about the players' reaction to getting Mickey Joseph their first win. What was your reaction? What What was your gut feeling when you saw those post-lock, those locker, locker room post-game celebrations? I mean, I, I mean, I was happy for him. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's good. You know, I think they, like I said, the only, the only, Silver lining out of this is like Mickey's not a new voice. You know, he's a strong voice, you know, so he's not a new voice. It's not like they hired, you know, John Smith from so-and-so college to come in and really be an interim interim coach. He was associate head coach or assistant head coach. So he already had a, you know, you know, a little bit of his handprint on the team. They all knew him. Um, he, he, he talked to all of them, you know, offense, defense, and special teams guys, and he coached all of them, and, and his expectation is high for all of them. So I think they were genuinely happy for him. I think they were happy for themselves, and they were, you know, they should be happy. And so, why wouldn't you? At the end of the day, they, they've showed they showed maturity. Like, look, this is our head coach. We win, you know, he wins, we win. We're happy for him. Um, but you know, it, yeah, it definitely was. Uh, it, you know, well, I'd say the decision makers that are 
seeing that video, you see a team that genuinely wants to play for that that dude. I mean, you can't deny that. That's 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 what I picked up on straight up. It was genuinely. You know, I mean, heck, the one dude was jumping off the bench in the back, and he he didn't play. He had a great sweatshirt on. That dude. That's he, me. Yeah, you know, and so everybody was happy for him. Everybody's, you know, you got to be happy for the kids and, and everybody that put in the work, but they, you can tell those kids, uh, you know, play for him. And look, man, I mean, you know, Mickey coaches the whole game. He coaches, um, and that's the way it should be. He cares. And um, you could tell on the sideline. I mean, he was getting animated a few times. That's animated. part. That's, you know, that's part of coaching. But that's something. I mean, for what you, it's worth, I'm not taking shots at anybody, but we didn't see that a lot. Yeah, well, if you ever watch, if you ever watch Nick Saban, Dabo, Ryan Day, Jim Harbaugh, not as much because he's probably too. I mean, you know, who knows what he's thinking about? Um, I mean, he out there with full, unicorns. He, 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 he out there with full fledged long spikes on and, 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 and like fake turf. You know, um, oh, he run he run the triple option right. every play. Yeah, yeah he run a triple. He out yeah. there in eighty degree heat throwing with gloves on. I mean, he, you know, he's a little different. Yeah. But everybody's coaching, and and then um, that's why when you saw him get mad at Turner, Turner obviously you know knew he messed up, but he knew it was coming from a genuine place. Like he, you know, pretty much like, dude, you better than that. What you doing? Right? <laughs> I mean, not in those words probably, but you know, hey, dude, what's up? Like. Player, we we trying to win the game here. We you want to get in a steel cage match? We can we can work that out later. But this is what we're trying to do. So you know, look, man, it is what it is. In uh, it was a good game, but you know, at the end of the day, like Mickey said, it's twenty four hour rules. So it's time to turn the page and let's get after it. Through through all of it, right? Today's a day where you get to your eyes forward to Rutgers and what they do. The name that most Husker fans know when they talk about Rutgers is Noah Vedral. Vedral. Uh, is is injured and trying to fight his way back to it. Uh, Shiano said there's some things that he's able to do, but he's not able to do everything until we can use him a little bit. What does what does that mean, Jay? I mean, if you're Noah Vedral, it, it's your Huskers, right? It's still a meaningful game. Yeah, I mean, he wants to – I mean, if he can't – I mean, Noah Vedral's a good enough teammate. If he's not able to go out and participate, he's going to help out as much as possible. And – um you know how he got the the Rutgers is probably you know probably is not the way that he'd like to get there. He'd probably like to have been here and to truly compete for, you know, the starting you know quarterback position. And the, you know he felt like that wasn't you know afforded to him. So he's at Rutgers, and he and he they were a different team last year when he played. He knows how to play the quarterback position. He's just you know banged up right now, um, and so I'm sure he would do anything to try to play. You know you know but. Uh, you know he's gonna. You know, you you wish him well. You just don't wish him well. You know, come Friday night. Jay, this was a week where <laughs> <laughs> Bazelak came into this thing with all the hype and all the numbers, throwing fifty times a game, uh, throwing at a sixty nine percent completion uh, rate. The Huskers held him to fifty percent. What did they do? Oh, they challenged him a little bit, and uh, you know they were down. They're you know top two receivers, so you can't like discredit that. But ultimately, they had some good guys that were able to make plays, and um, you know, and and you know the pro. The, here's the here's the the advantage, or here's the really good thing about him as a quarterback, and here's the thing that he hasn't understood about playing the position. He has got a big arm, right? Sometimes when you have a big arm you think you can do anything. And then when you have guys that are right there and they're in their physical and they're taking you out the timing off, 
then that's why the completion percentage is 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 at fifty percent, and you've been completing it at what over sixty sixty some percent before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they went really they really went a- against you know the running attack. And I, I I said this before, a team that's gonna throw a lot, I like that. You know, obviously you know linebacker, you want to be able to make plays in the run game, but conceptually wise, you're gonna understand what they're doing re- re- really quick if you're into it. They don't have – if they throw the ball 60 times, they don't have 60 different pass plays in college. They're copying they, success over they, and right? over and over again. So that's what they're going to do. So they – I wouldn't say they play in your hands, but if you kind of understand, try to get a good, you know, you know, uh, intel on the offense or the concepts that they're trying to do, it kind of works out for the defense. And I think they, they – pl- I think the guys, you know, made some plays. I mean, you had pass breakups. You had um, – you know, they had a little bit of, you know, change. Sometimes you ran man. Sometimes they dropped. It looked like, you know, seven or eight guys. Um, and they had, a, you know, some pressures, which, you know, weren't say yet. Garrett with two sacks. Ty with a sack. Caleb Tanner with, like, two or three pressures. Couple, I'm sure there's been a couple other pressures. So, again, you're getting in his face, throwing off his throwing off his timing. And, uh, you know, you like it. And he wasn't very accurate. But, you know, it's, it's different playing here than maybe in Indiana. But, you know, they, the defense went out and dictated more than sitting back and just letting him, you know, pick you apart. And that's probably the biggest the biggest thing. Well, I did love, in fact, uh, the way they responded. It was a good Saturday night. Saturday night was fun. I have to say that. Saturday night was fun. The, the building sounded like the building I expected when I got it. Like, it actually, yeah. like, oh, this is Memorial Stadium on a Saturday night. Um, pretty cool. We'll come back. I'll ask, the, I'll ask Jay about the thing, special teams. This is an opportunity, and they stepped up and made a play that could have turned around and saved the entire season. We'll talk about punt block, scoop, and score when we come back. Watch Old School Live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.